Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome in. It's a Friday morning. It's time to talk a little jazz, little youths, little cougars. Got some jazz off-season news. They're winding down. Got the youths and the cougars winding up, I guess, as they get their camps open and get ready to go. We're going to start with the youths. We're going to start with Jim Harding. There are a lot of questions on offense, but if the offensive line rolls, then the running game looks good. A quarterback with time to throw probably looks good. It all starts with the O-line because that's the way football works. It usually starts with the O-line. Here is Jim Harding on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, Jim, it's the first day, obviously. You can't really get much in terms of offensive line, but what, what do you feel like this season is going to be for you, especially as you go into this fall camp? Well, we certainly have to do uh, a more consistent job of pass protection that's been a huge focus for us. I mean, we can't lose sight of who we are and running the football, but we've got to do a better job protecting, giving the quarterback, uh, whoever that might be, uh, some time to uh, go through his progression. So that's a, a big focus point for us this fall camp. You've got a lot of guys that are returning, a lot of experience there. Are, are you able to have a better understanding of who maybe those starting five or eight or whoever may be are today as maybe as opposed to, well, not last year because obviously it was different, but maybe 2019? Yeah, so the big focus this uh, fall camp is to put guys together uh, where we think they are based on uh, what we saw in the limited play last year, spring ball, as well as, um, you know, certainly the depth chart isn't set yet, but uh, there'll be less movement uh, up front, and we're trying to put guys where we think they're going to end up so that they can start gelling uh, much sooner than what we've done in the past. Kyle said that uh, the light switch has gone on for BAM. What does that mean to you? When, when he says the light switch has gone on, you see him. Where, where is he different today than a year ago or even two years ago? Well, I think he understands what it's going to take. I think he also has a better understanding that, you know, he came here, uh, has gone through a, a long process to get where he is, and, and this is it for him. There is no uh, extra time. Um, he, you know, he's going to have six more months or thereabouts in the program, and, and so it's time to, to perform or else, you know, I, I didn't do a good enough job getting him ready. So uh, for him personally, he's certainly certainly uh, is more committed, understands the playbook. It's, it's his third year in the system, and so I think that that um, starting point, and certainly we got to be better today, but that starting point is higher than where it's ever been before. You mentioned how pass protection is a point of emphasis here in fall camp. Um, with, with new quarterbacks in the fold, what's the chemistry like between the line and the QBs at this point? Well, you know, the, the nice thing is we have a, a bunch of kids that have done a lot of things on their own away from coaches in the summer. And so, you know, there is a, a certain level of uh, comfort between the two position groups. And I think that's only going to help us. But we certainly have a long way to go after today. But today's day one is all. You've seen Nick Ford at a lot of different positions in his career. This year he'll play center for you. Uh, why is center a good fit for him? I think he may have one of the highest football IQs of any player I've had since I've been here. He has a good presence about him. He's got great leadership skills. Uh, the kids listen to him. And uh, going back to the first point, I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, he'll see when we're watching film, and he does a great job communicating with guys. When I mean, we had Satawa, Jaron, uh, two basically brand new players uh, in there, and he did a nice job of working with those guys, and I, I expect him to do the same thing this fall. There's Jim Harding. Now here's the tight ends coach, Freddie Whittingham. How was day one? I thought day one was very good. You know, day one practice. You're looking for clean alignment, assignment, execution. I thought we had that on offense, and um, I thought it was a great first day. Energy level was great. Passion. Players were excited to be out here. Coaches were excited to be out here. I thought it was a great first practice. Uh, is this the deepest room you've had since you've been coaching tight ends? Uh, yes, it is, for sure. You know, we've got 
a uh, couple three-year starters back in Cole Fotheringham, Brant Keithy. We added Dalton Kincaid last season as a transfer. Very talented guy. Thomas Yasmin's back healthy. Um, and it goes on and on. So, yes, yeah, definitely the deepest room I've had since I've been here in six years, I think, as tight end coach. What's, what's you know, obviously we know the two top guys, but with Kincaid and, and Yasmin, what, what are you hoping to get from them this fall to – to help them get the depth chart a little bit more and, and get some more playing experience. Yeah, well, Dalton, more familiarity in the offense now. This is his second full year. Uh, he's a really talented guy. You see him, saw him make plays in the University of San Diego at the FCS level. He was All-American. I think he led the FCS in touchdowns for tight ends. And uh, we're just, we got to find ways to, to get them all involved and get him the ball. Thomas Yasmin is a phenomenal physical talent. You know, he's, he's tall, fast, big, strong. Uh, he's He's, he's caught on quite a bit. You know, he never played football before he got here. He's a rugby player. And I expect big things out of him this year, too, because his development has come along quite a bit. What, what is the outlook on uh, Isaac Baja, you know, a kid playing at, at a Pleasant Grove and, you know, a, a, a pretty raw prospect to be early on? But. Yeah, Isaac, man, tremendous size. He's the biggest tight end we have, and he's a true freshman, 18 years old, about six foot six, 270 pounds. Um, so the key with Isaac is going to be getting his fitness level up, all right, getting him in shape. Uh, we're working on his fundamentals and technique and you know whether it's this year or down the road I definitely see him as a promising guy that's going to help us out for sure especially at the line of scrimmage you know with his size and his his strength and his ability to uh, be a run blocker uh, and he's also athletic you know he's a great basketball player in high school he shows that you know his ability to move in space and his ball skills and so I think you know as he develops in the program he's, he's going to be special. Coach Harding talked about needing to be better in pass protection this year what, what role do you guys play in in that obviously being on the line but also being receivers yeah when when we run the play action pass there are certain schemes that keep the tight ends in uh on, on that so we've got to first of all we got to strain and understand that uh, we got to do everything that it takes to keep our quarterback protected all right we're the only thing between the defender and our quarterback and we've got to have that mentality that nobody gets to our quarterback um and i think we've got some quarterbacks if they get a little bit of time they have the uh the uh, arm strength and the accuracy to get the ball down the field and you know if we, if we can do that and give them uh, that protection I think they, they both have the opportunity to be really dangerous QBs. Where did you challenge uh, both Cole and Brant this offseason to get better? Both have shown real glimpses and have had some highlights, but coaches are always wanting guys to get better. Where did you challenge them to get better? Yeah, for Cole, um, it was getting his shoulder healthy. You know, he had offseason shoulder surgery, so he had to rehab that and then also increasing his speed and explosiveness. For Brant, it was putting on a little bit of bulk, all right? And also, he's going to be even more diverse in the offense, playing at various positions, so expanding his role uh, even more. You know, he's already kind of a, a, a hybrid player but we're gonna we're gonna move him all over the field so the defense doesn't you know know where to defend him you know uh, play by play scheme by scheme so and I think both of them you know at their juniors this year really seniors but with the COVID carryover year um, you know fourth year starting in this program the expectation is for them to be awesome leaders too you know to really show the way to the the younger guys and bring the rest of the guys along with them all right there's Freddie Whittingham and before him Jim Harding now Here is Cam Rising battling for the starting quarterback job that he won last year and then 14 plays later lost because of an injury. Trying to get healthy, get back on track, and see if he can win the job this year. Here's Utah quarterback Cam Rising.
There's Cam Rising when we come back from the Utes to the Cougars. BYU head coach Kalani Sataki on BYU's first day of practice. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, the youth practice is already open. Now BYU gets going. Kalani Sataki meeting with the media. A lot of questions. they got to replace five guys who were drafted by the NFL, another eight guys who signed free agent contracts. And yet, Kalani's going to tell you, hey, everybody else was watching, and now they know those guys improved a lot in the year. If I improve in the year, I could be next. Uh, also, he gets a lot of questions about vaccinations, and he's going to turn those aside quite deftly, I might add. Here's Kulani Sataki on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. What was your impression of the offense on day one? How, how did they look first day? Oh, I'm going to say what everybody always says. got to watch more film and see it. But uh, uh, my my general feel from, from practice just coming out, off of it is that uh, I really like how the players work during the offseason. And... Uh, they took uh, care of themselves, got themselves ready. I mean, you can see that they look like they're in shape and they run well. And uh, I kind of like the way that they've performed with the PRPs. Things are a lot clean, cleaner than I've seen, but still have a lot of work to do, a lot more install, a lot of things to go with. Offensively, defensively, special teams, I was, I was really pleased with day one practice, mostly because I'm, for me as a head coach, I'm, I'm gauging it on effort and um, you know the how clean things are run. I'm not looking at, at who's making what plays. I'll, I'll do that right now after we're done here. But uh, for the most part, really, really excited about what I saw today. Kalani, what's the, the uh, vaccination rate right now in your program? 
I don't know the details of it all, but I know that we're working. I mean, it's really important for us to get on the field, and, and uh, we've done a great job as a program and as a department working with our sports medicine department last year to get on the field, and we're continuing to do that now. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details of it all. I just know that it's important to educate our players and to work well with the sports medicine department in order to get our guys on the field and and uh, keep the community safe. So that's that's what we're committed to do, and a lot of that has to do with education and uh, letting them know what's happening daily in, in concerns with COVID and the Delta variant, things like that. With education, have, have, has the program, have you guys brought in medical experts to maybe educate the players in regards to the, the vaccine? Yeah, and we've been communicating really well with them from the sports medicine department, but also uh, from our um, you know, from our administration, from Tom all the way down. And I think it's important to educate the players, but also the staff. And so it's been, it's gone really well. What about your coaching staff vaccination rate? Will you share that with us? No, I'm not going to share that. I, 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 it's the same thing. The coaches need the education just like the players do. All, all of us do, right? So um, that's more a question for Tom Homo. And I know it's really important. I'm, I'm concerned about the well-being of everyone. And so... Uh, but that's not my expertise. My expertise is to try to get these guys in position, try to get to the game, you know, and that means uh, looking at the protocols and policies and working with the people that, that are, are in charge and have the expertise in that, in that field. What makes a, a good day one of practice to start things off? What, what do you feel was some highlights? Well, for me, it's to see what they did in the offseason and how it paid off. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of big plays made today, but uh, I needed to see you know, certain guys if they got bigger, you know, and uh, they got stronger. And for a lot of others, if they got healthy. And so um, that was nice for me, encouraging to see the amount of guys that are out there making plays and uh, the camaraderie and the connection that our players have with each other. Was there any sort of energy shift knowing that you guys do actually have an opponent for game one in this day one football game? Yeah, we've had, we've had, a, I mean, I don't think uh, we're lacking energy on our, on our sideline or on our team. And it always helps to have the players that uh, they just love football. They've been looking forward to this day for a long time, you know. And so you're right. Just have, I think having the uh, goal that we know that we're going to be playing somewhere uh, September 4th. We're going to be playing against, in Vegas against Arizona. Um, that, that's, a, that's a good – last year we were concerned about if we were going to be playing or who, right? And so now um, it's kind of going back to being – things back to normal. Um, but I just – I don't think this team – and I don't think – I can probably speak for everyone in, in general. I don't think there's a lot of – the pandemic was really hard, but I don't think we're going to take a lot of things for granted anymore. I think this is a, a new shift in, in how we conduct our lives and, and, and how we live it. Talking to a couple of your players, it, it seemed like they were really eager to build on what you guys did last year. Do you, do you sense kind of that eagerness to, to progress and build on last year from what you're seeing on the practice field and what you're seeing off of the practice field? Yeah, and I, I think the, you said they're eager to do it. I think they're, yeah, they're anxious. They want to get out there. They want to, I mean, you can see what, what how much could take place in a year, improvement. I mean, Zach went from really not being known in, in the football world to the second pick in the NFL draft and starting quarterback right now. So um, that's exciting that these guys know him and they've been here with him for the last few years and seen the progress that he's made and they've seen the commitment that he's had, especially in the last year. And so 
a lot of them are, are understanding that it could be done. And so that that's that's something that's encouraging to them. They can see what happened with Dax and others. And so the, I think there's a this, there's eagerness to be the, the next one up. So, so was there anyone at practice today that you felt made a big jump that you weren't really expecting over the offseason? I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't know if I can name one. Ryan Rico booted the crap out of the ball today a lot. So, but I hope to never see him on the field. <laughs> you got a lot of position battles uh, beyond, beyond just simply the quarterback spot. Uh, in practices without pads, how much can really be gained from in, in determining those battles in these practices before the pads go on? Yeah, I mean, the guys had to learn how to work together and work against each other um, in, in when we don't have the pads on yet, but uh, there's there's plenty of f- the physical part of the game still. I mean, they, they, they're still really physical. They just don't have the shoulder pads on to really help or even get more physical and aggressive, but uh, the guys are still banging bodies. They're still competing. You, you can't tell the difference between a, a DB and a receiver playing one-on-one and in coverage, whether they have pads on or not, they're still going live. And so you're still seeing a lot of the competitive elements to it. Um, I, I just like that that our, our guys can learn how to be physical, but also be smart and know how to take care of each other. And that's NFL teams are doing it too. We have to learn how to how to work together and how to, how to practice together. And that means um, knowing when to hold off and when to go uh, you know, with the tempo, when, when, when we can be uh, 100% aggressive and physical. I'm curious when it comes to the BYU football program, your guys' identity over the last couple seasons, several seasons, has been leadership. And for you, what do you expect out of your veterans this year uh, to kind of embrace that leadership identity that you guys have always had? Yeah, I, well, it's just, I think I think for me, it's allowing the players an opportunity to lead. I, I think, uh, you know, you don't have to earn um, a starting spot to be a leader. You just have to be willing to lead by example or uh, stand up for what's what's right and, and defend the culture that we have in this team and, and, and don't mind correcting it. And so I, I've, I've felt really good collaborating with the players and, and allowing them to feel ownership in this program. I think uh, with guidance, I mean, that, that's my job is to help them, but I want them to feel like, the, I want them to feel empowered and, and want them to find ways and innovative ways to get better as a program. And that means giving them opportunities to lead. I, 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 I know people vote on captains and things like that, but I want to have everyone on our team feel like they can be leaders. We have a bunch of guys on our roster that were captains in our high school teams, you know, so I think they're all used to being leaders. I think it, it, there's, there's two parts of being a leader is having the, the courage to stand up and say things that are right and make corrections and, and praise others that are doing it well and then for others to be humble enough to be led. Klein, what's the status of uh, Anoka and Elia Miguel, uh, two signings in the 2021 class? Are you expecting them at some point this camp? Yeah, they're still working on some um, on some things with uh, with um, eligibility and stuff like that. So we're it's still on hold right now. And then RMs, Kate Albright, Michael Daly, are they going to be gray shirting or what's that? Um, Kate Albright, yeah, it's it's going to be. I think he's going to start in January. Some of them, it all depends on their missions when they get home, the timing for it. Uh, so probably gray shirt for guys like um, that are on the roster but not in camp. They're all dealing with certain things that are usually have to deal with health. So they're either getting better shape and getting healthier, or um, a few of them have to deal with um, eligibility issues. So that's 
what it breaks down. If, if they're not here presently on the roster in practice, then, then they're, they're dealing with those two things. Or uh, if they're not here in going to school, then they're going to gray shirt. Were there any players this offseason elevated from walk-on status to, to a scholarship? Um, yeah, there were some, but we just care to share any of those. I'll let them share it with you guys when when they feel right. I'm surprised they haven't done it already in social media. But I thought you guys were going to tell me who's on scholarship. But no, I, I mean, I, if you want to get an honest answer, I wish all of them were on scholarship. That's how I really feel, and I have this uh, this love for walk-ons because they they sacrifice the most. They're willing to pay for it in so many different ways and, and definitely out of the pocket. So they're always going to have a special part of my heart when it comes to this football program. And I'm glad that they you know, that they can be elevated and have opportunities. But I don't um, – we're limited in the number of scholarships, but they can participate and, and feel ownership on this team as well, even though they're a walk-on. Kalani, what's, uh, what's the overall message to the team uh, less than a month away from game one? Yeah, we just keep keep uh, promoting our culture and living it the right way, and I think that's uh, you know I, obviously we were doing some things that are different this year than last year because we have to. Um, we can't just approach the same game plan every year and hope that it's going to work. I think we're a little bit more proactive and trying to um, get things to work out our our way, whether it's on offense, defense, or special teams, or off the field with what we're trying to build in our team culture. That's gonna, that's the key. Year six, feel like you've uh, obviously you've learned a lot in in the five years prior. Uh, feel like you're hitting your stride. You have a clear vision of what you want your BYU football program to be. I'm older. Uh, I had no gray hair until I got here. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, you guys all you remind me how old I'm getting. No, but I, um, man, I'm just so thankful for it. You know, I, I'm really uh, just just for everything that's happened in my life to, to get to this point. I mean, I was a BYU fan, and so I got to play here for Lavelle Edwards, and now I'm the head coach. And so I'm living a dream, and so I don't take any day for granted, and I appreciate every moment I have. And I just love love the fans and, and love college football and love the, the role that I have in it and with these young men. So just really thankful for it. I, I've definitely, I'm not uh, immune from making mistakes, and so but I'm going to learn from them, and I'm going to try to get better and, and, and uh, put the focus on these young men and uh, getting them to achieve their dreams. So that's that's the key. I, it's been, yeah, I'm getting older. I hope to get, I mean, I hope I age well, but um, I'm not sure about that one, but I'll keep working on it. I, I don't know if I changed my diet plan or anything, but I told you guys, my, my, my diet plan is a resurrection, so I'm just going to keep <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going how I am right now and being happy. <laughs> since, since we last saw you at uh, Media Day, uh, NILs went into effect. Has that caused any maybe distractions in your workflows as the head coach of the program with uh, with, with players in, involved in NIL? Yeah, not in our program, no. Uh, I think it's been guys are focused on, on accomplishing uh, a lot of things, uh, their goals in regards to our football program, our team, and I'm happy that individuals are getting an opportunity to make money. Uh, I think that that they have a right to do that, but uh, it's not has not been a distraction for us at all. Since you're coaching on the same field you used to be on as a player, you ever get flashbacks to the old days of two days when you walk out on a day one like this? Or yeah, I do. I have flashbacks of um, stretching underneath the shade of the, that large tree. And um, no, I, I, I miss playing. I, I yeah, I, 
for me, it's it's uh, I get to drive by the stadium every day when I go to work and every night when I go home. And so just I can't believe that I'm here and I get to do this. And so every day on that field, I feel I just for me, it's just I feel really honored to be there. You know what I mean? And I had a lot of memories, a lot of opportunities to grow and learn and become a better person because of this place. And so I just want our players to have that same kind of impact in their life. And hopefully I can do for them what Lavelle did for me. Last couple of questions, if you have any others. How, how much of Arizona prep has the coaching staff dove, dove into uh, the game? A lot. I think we have to because it's a new staff and they're coming from so many different places and, and it's just trying to prep for what to uh, what to expect, you know, and then then anticipating things that they can do with their with their personnel. They, they have some talent on their team, man. So, so I, I think we have to be ready for everything and, um, you know, Coach Fish is going to do a good job getting him ready for that game. There's Kalani Sataki. When we come back, Craig Bowlerjack. Talking jazz, talking summer league, trades, drafts, free agency, the whole bit. Bowler's next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Craig Bowlerjack joining us late in yesterday's show. You'll hear some time references. Uh, the final day of Summer League is not tomorrow. The final day of Summer League is tonight. The Jazz White team will play the Blue team 7 o'clock, Vivint Arena. All right, here is Bowler with PK and I on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, how are you? Good. A lot of what has happened in this summer has been fairly predictable. I think most people, you included, expected Mike Conley would re-up. Maybe didn't know it for sure, but expected it. And it happened. But now there have been some other moves. Rudy Gay? Son Whiteside? What's the biggest surprise? Well, per reports, as I have to say, because I work for the Jazz, uh, I'm intrigued uh, with what the, the Jazz uh, have done, and it's all going to be coming. Okay, a wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're just going to stop right there, Bowler. Yeah. So were you listening when PK said that? Because i got to tell you, he just did a victory dance that I wish I didn't see. It was disgusting. No, you know, but intrigued honestly, is the word he went with, and now you've gone with it, and he figures yeah. if he if Bowler agrees with him, then it is time. I'm on the right side of history. Right. Exactly. It's time for a victory right. lap. Yeah, those are all per reports, and I have to say that because, again, tomorrow everything becomes official. But I am intrigued, PK, right, DJ? Yes. I mean, we did know that Conley was the uh, was the target uh, to, you know, continue on the way. Um, to stay healthy would be the most important issue uh, going forward, and hopefully the Jazz have a plan in place. You can never predict injury, but I would hope uh, that Mike can stay as healthy as can be. Um, and then, of course, the other ones that uh, I, I think Rudy Gay, uh, again, per reports, brings in uh, DJ and PK, <clears throat> length, bench strength. Uh, I'm intrigued by that. Now, look, some of these players, except for Pascal, are have, are veterans in this league, right? Uh, and Pascal is another reported uh, free agent signing that's a great dear friend of Donovan Mitchell and so that's that's good chemistry but it's youth right 
so I'm intrigued. I think that the Jazz, you know, had a plan. Justin Zanuck said it himself. Uh, there's a plan in place. Can they go out and actually execute the plan? And I think overall, at this point in time, they're happy. I think they've beefed up their bench. They've given Quinn Snyder options uh, to allow them to play um, small ball if necessary against teams that are throwing different looks at the Jazz as we saw during the playoffs. So I'm excited. I mean, camp's just around the corner. And what is today? The 5th of, of August preseason probably underway. I haven't seen the schedule officially, but I believe about two months out. That's eight weeks, and we'll start to get some answers. Well, it's clear, DJ, listening to the esteemed Craig Bolajack, that, <laughs> that I really know my stuff. Obviously. I, mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think we can argue on that. I mean, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. And it's almost like uh, the two are one mind, two different hearts beating together as one mind in that response. Is there a song? Yeah, there that? is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought so. Well, yeah. yeah. It's beautiful, and I'll sing it later if you want. Okay. Uh, I, guys, we, we go, go out. I would appreciate those tunes. And I'll tell you, and i got to be honest, there's a couple of guys that just in summer league that jumps and, and you know, continue could be a part of this of this roster as well. Trent Force, I think, you know, he was asked to organize and run an offense. That was uh, his challenge uh, by uh, the summer league head coach, Brian Bailey. He said, look, I want to see him organize and run, a, run, a, run the show. And last night, I thought he played well. He didn't have to shoot and score a lot, even though he did have a double-double. But, you know, I like uh, the way he was distributing the ball. And, and um, yeah, I was, I was impressed with both he and Doak. I mean, those, both, both those guys showed they've been in the league. And I thought it, it, they shined. I thought it, it, they proved that last night, especially. The game, you know, the first night, DJ, you were on radio, and, you know, you saw what I saw. And uh, I still thought they looked comfortable and, and forced, looked really aggressively offensively. But last night, he was more uh, about being a point guard and, and putting guys in the right place. And I thought he's been very impressive in the two games we've watched. So when I look at these acquisitions reported to be, we put it on a grading scale. And so I eliminate the D and F grades. Don't consider those. And then I go as far as being the intriguing aspect of it is that these acquisitions as a whole, not any individual, including Conley, in the return. So put them all together in a pot. And as I grade them, I think they can be why, why it's intriguing is because it could be average. So that would be a C. It could be above average, which would be a B, or it could be excellent, which is an A. And I'm not sure, is it going to be A, B, or C? I've eliminated D or F. I don't think that it'll be bad, but they could be average, or it could be excellent, or anywhere in between. And that's why I'm intrigued. Oh, yeah, it's a good breakdown of A, B, and C. I mean, it it depends on do they truly fit the system and do they buy in? Those are the things we don't know, right? If they do, that's an A grade. A B grade would be probably PK uh, to see them fit in, understand their role, accept the role in so-called limited minutes, but yet important minutes, right? And if they don't buy in and they just are here and they said, okay, it was a destination point, which I don't think it is. I really don't. I mean, again, we won't know until you get a chance to discuss and talk and 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 see. Uh, you know, I think all of us kind of see body language and understand. You know, 
how involved they want to be. But you know, I, I think the days, honestly, of just saying, okay, um, I'm going to go and take take a contract and see where I can go from there. But I think the Quinn Snyder, the Donovan Mitchells, the Rudy Gobert's, the Dwayne Wade's, the new ownership group has a lot to do with the aggressive nature of uh, what the reported you know signings are. So um, I'm with you, PK. Uh, I think you know the grades. You can't grade yet. It's not fair. But you know, you say A to C. Yeah. But you you got to hope it's in the B plus range, right? right. For sure. The Jets, yeah. Yeah, yeah, achieve, yeah. To achieve the ultimate goal, because you already know they got A grades uh, with a couple of players that are starters, and they only make those other players better around them. There have been some whiffs and some off season moves in previous years, and I realize you know there's been a change now. To what degree? You know how much. How, how different is it going to be? Because they did promote someone who was within the organization who had a say. He just didn't have the final say. So Jay-Z's calling the shots, not Dennis Lindsay. You know, the Jeff Green thing, that didn't work. And that's why they let him go. And they moved right, on real quick right. from that. Uh, Ed, Davis, I, and, you know, Ed Davis was a guy that everyone liked. But again, sometimes time catches up. That's where I was going with this. Yeah. I don't think they signed to Jeff Green. I'm not worried about that. And maybe that would be the exception to PK's you know, ruling out the DNF. But the fact that Rudy Gay was in San Antonio for four years with Popovich, he's got to have a level of buy-in and commitment and professionalism and whatever other words you want to throw in there because he lasted four years in the Spurs and they wouldn't right. have put up with a lot of nonsense. So what I'm worried about with him if it's really going to go south, then, is what happened to Ed, where the Jazz bought in just as everything went away. You know, and when you can't move lateral and you can't jump anymore and things just, you know, at some point, Father Time gets you, do you buy into that exact moment? Uh, Rudy can sh- Rudy Gay can shoot it. He shot 38% from three. That's a good number. Three years ago, he shot 40%. That's a great number. But he's also had these 31 and 33% seasons in San Antonio from three. And maybe it's the players who are around him. And so, you know, playing off of Donovan and Mike, maybe it'll be different. But I guess those numbers, I look at them and think, well, why did that happen? Well, what what intrigues me is space uh, in the respect of of Clarkson and – uh, Donovan, uh, Joe, uh, those on the roster as we speak command respect. That's why the Jazz were, you know, on top of the heap shooting threes last year at 39%. And, you know, we know how many, they took, what, 47? Uh, I think I'm in the right ballpark close to it. Um, and it's, it's, I think the system will only give Gay uh, opportunity. Uh, to, to show his skills. I mean, he will not be the most uh, sought after. Uh, you know, they have, defense will have, defenses will have other worries. And so what I'm saying is he's going to have looks, open looks. And, you know, park yourself in the corner and get the job done. Um, but, you know, a lot of this is just to give the second unit uh, more viability and then also to allow teams to see different looks from the Utah Jazz. And, everyone's going to have to buy into that as well. I mean, were the Jazz exposed somewhat against the Clippers? Yes, in some ways. The league has moved to 6'8", 6'9", guys, 6'10". And Rudy obviously does his job and does it well. But also there's times the teams try to throw different looks, and now Quinn has tools uh, reportedly that will give him uh, those options. 
And I think that's a that's a great thing in, in a Western Conference. It's still PKDJ, in my mind, stays wide open. Uh, I mean, Chris Paul reportedly re-signs with Phoenix. And then you look at Jamal Murray with the ACL. You don't know what Kawhi's situation will be health-wise with a repaired ACL as well. Golden State's beefed up. Um, and Portland is kind of still in that you know, gray area, in my opinion. Dallas, yeah, I've always been, you know, respectful of what the Mavericks put on the floor. But, uh, and San Antonio, let's be honest, as much as I, you know, uh, admire Popovich and his tenure and the way he coaches, you know, look, they've, they've got to retool here, right? They got some pieces, uh, but they still have a, a ways to go, and they're taking a deep look at some players uh, right here in Salt Lake City. So for a team that's in the mix to win it all and the Jazz making moves to indicate that's what they believe and we all believe it too, we'll see what happens. But with that in mind, it's hard for me to believe that a second-round pick can be in the rotation. But you think there's a shot with their draft pick, Butler? I absolutely do. I I think he's a plug-in guy, PK. Look, you know, again... I have to say reportedly will be signed tomorrow. But if you look at his background and what he was able to accomplish to win an NCAA championship, it's impressive. First and foremost, good three-point shooter. Um, he's, he's got handles. He is coachable. He's hungry. He's had to go through his own life's challenge reportedly again. You know, had the heart issue that was he knew about in college. I think teams backed off in the NBA. The Jazz decided to look, and the doctors gave him the green light to go. I was impressed with his, his talk uh, to the media just last week. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those roll the dice, and I, I wish for him nothing but great health. But I think that they're, everyone's comfortable with that. But what I've seen on tape, he, he's a player that could be literally a steal uh, going from trading you know, out of the 30 spot and grabbing him in the 40 position. Um, that, that could be one of the biggest coups of the 2021 draft. Again, only time will tell. But does he fit the system? Yes, I think he does. And I think the Jazz found themselves an incredible pick who many thought would be could have been lottery or uh, a mid to, you know a mid to late first round pick and the Jazz pick him up at number 40. So uh, those go you know what PK later in, in like January when you want to start putting grades out, right? A, B and C, he's going to be part of that of that discussion. Uh, I truly believe that he has the ability to find minutes um from the get-go as a rookie. So, Bowler, what are your doubts about this team going forward? Because it does seem wide open. That means everybody's got a flaw somewhere. Otherwise, somebody would be a heavy favorite. Well, I'm not sure in the West, you know, is, is, West, is Russell Westbrook the true fit and the true answer for LeBron's, you know, final run at, a, at another title? Um, you know, they've gathered a lot of veterans because they don't have a lot of money to spend. And so there's a lot of guys willing to put their hand up and say, hey, I'll give it a go at 36, 37 uh, under the league, you know, veterans minimum. So we'll see. We'll see how that one turns out. The Clippers, again, with Kawhi, uh, they need that piece to make a big run. The Jazz have every opportunity to be in the mix at the top of the heap, in my opinion, 
Look, Chris Paul had one of his greatest years at age 36, and he remained healthy throughout the playoffs, which usually that does not happen. If the Jazz were healthy, we will never know. But it still plays mind games of the what-if game. What if? Well, we may get another chance to to live it. Um, Will they be the best team in the NBA record-wise? Who knows? But I still think the whole bottom line to it, what I've learned, uh, in these in this in this postseason was you have to have your help. If you don't, one piece falls out, and teams become very fragile. Uh, and the Jazz know that as well as anybody. So, you know how you get through 82 games and how deep your team is and how well you're uh, you've reloaded and the depth that you have at each position uh, is, is the most important thing in my in my opinion. I think the Jazz have helped themselves. I really do. On paper, the Lakers look dynamic, but I'm not sure if the chemistry will be there. I'm not sure if Westbrook will ever give the ball up to AD or LeBron. It could cause issues from the get-go. You know, it kind of travels with him, right? We know that. Is he a great one-on-one player? Absolutely. I'm not sure about the team concept. And playing with LeBron, you've got to be in tune. You've got to be special. Um, I'm not sure Damian Lillard and McCollum, they've, they've run this story before, and I guess they're going to run it again at the moment, but I like their backcourt, but yet again, it's the pieces you put around them. And I know it's got to be frustrating for Blazers fans because that's a, that's a dynamic one-two punch uh, in Portland. But I think the Jazz have just as great of opportunity uh, to be in the, uh, to be in the show, the big, the big, <laughs> the, the Western conference finals as anybody. I really do. Uh, the East is loaded up. I tell you what, Chicago, Miami, New York. Um, wow. They made some big moves, and uh, I think the East is going to be uh, pretty difficult too this year. Are you going to Vegas? You know what? I'd like to go down and watch some games, but we're not. Bro- I'm not broadcasting, okay. but I still would like to go. I'm, I haven't decided yet. Um, I'm not sure what the mask up policy is down there, PK. But uh, if it's 117, it may be difficult, but. Uh, I would like to go. I, I think it's a great scene. It's a great place to go. Great place to be inside Thomas and Mac and Cox Pavilion. I love. I love summer league. So you think a mask in 117 degrees? That's a combination you want no part of, huh? Well, you know, I'm gonna have to think about it. You know, <laughs> sweating yeah, like on a hot was, summer day. I think it's in supposed KC. to cool down to 108 on Monday, so it, it may, that may change my mind. Well, I was down there last week, and I had the mask and the t- and the uh, tank top, so I looked fine. You look good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the tank top—that's what it really is about, right? And it was a long tank top because that's all it was. Did you wear some of that white? Uh, what do you call that on your face for burning? Um, that yeah, oxide swimmer. stuff. I tan swimmer. naturally. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Obviously, tan naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just one of the many gifts. Oh, DJ, what a fun show. <laughs> Are you okay over there? I burn naturally. <laughs> Leave me out in the sun for about 15 minutes. It's lobster You're time. Uh, You're lobster, man. <laughs> yep. That's Swedish blood. I blame my grandmother. Yep. It's her yeah, fault. I've got one son who can walk outside and flash, just just tan and, and looks like he's been out for, for weeks and months. And then others, I don't know what happened. It's like It's like you, burn. Yep. Burn. All right, Bowler. Well, you enjoy your eight weeks of downtime until uh, until the preseason kicks in. It won't be long now. 
Yeah, no, I'm excited. One more night of uh, Summer League tomorrow. Uh, I like the, the, the battle between Memphis and San Antonio, and then the, the late game is the Jazz going after each other, uh, the White and the uh, Blue squads. And if you get a chance, drop by 7 and 9 o'clock, uh, or 5 and 7, pardon me, I'm thinking in Eastern time, but 5 and 7. Had a good crowd last night. Um, and, um, I'm, again, anxious to see more of Doak. Uh, the big guy can play, and uh, I'm, I'm impressed with his ability to uh, throw up a little hook shot, and uh, his play at the rim is dynamic as well. So, again, we haven't seen much of him because of the, the ankle injury he had in the bubble last February, but I'm glad to see him on the floor, and we get a taste of who he is and, and uh, why the Jazz drafted him. I got the white team favored by 16.5 points. 16 and a half? 16 and a half, yeah. Set the yeah there's line. some talent there. There's no doubt. A little more depth. And those guys have all played together for a few years, too. It makes a difference. Well, it makes a big difference. DK, sing us out, man. Two hearts is one. What is that? <laughs> what happened? The batteries run down? You just want to give a little tease, man. Yeah, it's a tease. That's his new album coming out Don't you have any showmanship ability in you? Tease, man. Two hearts believing in just one mind. You know we're two hearts believing in just one mind. Did you want me to go all the way? I wanted you. I've never heard you sing <laughs> Phil Collins before. I always thought it'd be in the air tonight, but if it's too hard, so be it. It's always in the air tonight with me. Hey, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Bowler, good news. You get to escape. All right, I'm out. You got another half hour. Yep. Talk to you, Bowler. <laughs> See you guys. There is Craig Bowlerjack. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are next. Stay with us.